Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Abby Draper, Communication and Engagement Manager at OSCPA, and this is the show for CPAs and accountants where we cover the latest in technology, business development, career management, and more. The forced closures from the coronavirus pandemic means businesses are losing customers and are struggling to stay afloat. So some companies have asked themselves, what can we do to fight the COVID-19 crisis and keep up our profits? The answer, switch to manufacturing different things in high demand during the pandemic. In this episode, I spoke with three Ohio businesses that did just that. Watershed Distillery started making hand sanitizer and less vodka, gin, and bourbon. Jurgens Inc. started making more of a specific screwdriver used to make ventilators and less of their other products. And an Etsy shop owner ceased using his 3D printer for costumes and props and started using it for face shields. One of the people I spoke with was Greg Lehman, founder and CEO of Watershed Distillery in Columbus. We discussed how they began making hand sanitizer and how this has changed processes for employees. Did somebody approach you about making hand sanitizer or um, did you come up with the idea? How did that come about? There had been a little bit of buzz about some distilleries making hand sanitizer and my wife in the owner's meeting raises her hand and says, are you, so with the coronavirus thing, are you guys going to make hand sanitizer? And of course, I'm standing up there in front of everyone and uh, feel like I have to have all the answers. I'm like, oh, no, no, we're not going to go down that path. That's not, uh, we, we don't have expertise there. You know, uh, I don't, we, we're not really sure anything about that market. We're just going to keep making booze. Um, but then uh, pretty quickly, I think it was within a week, realized that, um, we had the right licensing to make it and we had the ability to make it. And at, at that point we realized that, that people really, really needed it. So we have one of our owners was a long time, uh, fireman here in central Ohio. Uh, uh, the first guy that we hired to work for us, his sister and brother-in-law are both, uh, firefighters here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I think one's at Arlington and one's at Musterville, but it's basically Columbus area. And um, we realized that they were in desperate need of sanitizer. And so then we started, it, it was one of those things, it's like a snowball rolling down a hill where the more we looked into it and kind of poked around, the more we realized, hey, it's needed. We have the ability to do it like nobody else can. Let's start rolling and let's see what happens. And so uh, turns out my wife was right. Uh, tell her. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so how does the process of making hand sanitizer differ from making alcohol? Um, so with hand sanitizer, with, with ethanol is the base in both, uh, if you want to get down to a chemical standpoint. But with hand sanitizer, they want you to make it out of denatured ethanol. So you basically take, so think of ethanol as vodka. Vodka is ethanol and water. And so we take that ethanol and to make hand sanitizer, you have to denature it. So you have to make it undrinkable. And there's a couple different ways to do that. But basically you put something that tastes really bitter in the ethanol. So people don't want to drink it. Um, so it wasn't a, a huge change to your manufacturing. 
No, the hard the hardest change is just bottling it. And because our bottler works with glass bottles for the booze, we've had to adjust and do it by hand. And finding bottles has been tricky because it's a plastic bottle that we're not used to sourcing. And, and obviously everybody else is buying them as well. And so those have been a little bit hard to come by, but um, the bottling process has been the hardest thing. Jurgens Inc. in Cleveland hasn't started making something new, but they have been making much larger quantities of a precision screwdriver that's in high demand for making ventilators and other medical equipment. I had a conversation with Brian Schaefer, general manager at ASG, a division of Jurgens, and Jack Schron, president of Jurgens, about this change in manufacturing. So, Brian, what exactly is the product, and, and why is it important for the production of ventilators? Sure. Um, absolutely. Good question. Um, well, at, at ASG, we're one of the divisions of, of Jurgens. Uh, we have been um, involved in the assembly um, of fastening equipment, screw driving equipment, since really got our start uh, sometime in the mid-1970s. Um, and we manufacture uh, a wide range of uh, torque control uh, assembly equipment, precision assembly equipment. And what that means is um, anywhere where a product is being manufactured um, and it's being assembled with a nut, a bolt, a screw, typically there is what's called a, like a torque specification, you know, how tight is tight, you know, um, and uh, when that product is manufactured, that type. So we deliver, manufacture the, the equipment um, that helps install fasteners into assemblies. Um, we have been uh, in that uh, industry for a long time. Medical device over our history has always been um, a key part of our business. Um, so it was just a natural uh, fit, <laughs> obviously, when this happened. So, um, and it, it kind of ties in, I guess, into your, your next question. Why is it really important? Um, if you can imagine, um, you know, we have a, a wide range of products that, that span um, anywhere, you know, use the example of maybe someone is building furniture um, and they're putting a desk together and, and you know, if a screw comes loose um, in a desk, uh, the manufacturer may have, you know, a quality problem, but nobody's life is on the line. Um, if you go to the other end of the spectrum, and this is where ventilators and medical device come in, um, you know, and we have products that, entry-level products that would do fine for, you know, furniture and that kind of stuff. But if you get to the other end, um, if you think about a ventilator, if something fails um, on a ventilator because it wasn't properly assembled, um, you know, obviously somebody can die. We call that in our industry life and limb. Um, if a product fails, somebody's life is on the line or a limb. You know, you know, same thing applies to you know, automotive industry and things like that. So when did you realize your product could help during the crisis? I think it really hit home for us um, in February when... Um, I think it was mid-afternoon, um, we had a, an order for 100 screwdrivers come over our website. Um, and it was middle, you know, towards late, late in the day. And typically that type of an order um, wouldn't ship maybe till next day, you know, because we'd already missed the cutoff for shipping. But our team jumped on it. Um, we found out that they were uh, specifically going to a, a facility in, in the Boston area that was making ventilators. Uh, we shipped it uh, overnight, next day air, uh, early AM delivery. And the tools were in the hands of people building ventilators less than 24 hours from the time we got, uh, got the order. I also talked with Lee Bowling, radiology technician, member of the Air Force Reserves, and owner of Grizzly 3D, a 3D printing shop on Etsy based out of Milford, Ohio.
He has been using his 3D printer to make face shields for local healthcare professionals and others in need of them. And how did you get the idea to start making face shields? Um, so I actually belong to several 3D printing groups on Facebook and I had just started 3D printing back in um, the beginning of January, end of December. And so I was in these groups as to kind of just get like tips and tricks on how to perfect my 3D printing. And, um, and then I actually started doing an Etsy shop. Um, and then this guy named Ryan Lewecki out of Toledo, he, he made a group called 3D Printing for a Cause. And he actually started this whole um, movement, at least in the Ohio area. And he posted it in, in the other groups if you want to, you know, use your printer for printing these face shields. And I wasn't printing anything at the time. And I didn't have any orders coming through on my Etsy shop. So I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and put my printers to good use. And then he said that he started a GoFundMe to, to cover cost of the materials and, and everything. So it wasn't coming out of his pocket. And it also gave people an opportunity to uh, do something to kind of help as well. So that's when I started a GoFundMe and um, I had originally only set a goal, I think, of $1,000 or something, and I ended up raising over $6,200 within a couple weeks. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so, uh, and, and my company, who I work for, is called Health Carousel, and they, tr okay. they staff uh, travel nurses. So when they found out what I was doing, my CIO actually donated a 3D printer brand new to me to help with the movement. And, um, and then I had about $1,000 in donations just from my coworkers. How many do you think you've made so far? Well, between me and the other people who I, because at first it was just me, but then I, I actually have a team of, uh, I think four of us that were regularly printing. Um, and uh, we've printed over 1,500. The representatives from Watershed and Jurgens said employee morale sunk at first, but has improved since realizing they can continue working during this time. They've also been taking precautions to make sure employees stay safe and healthy. Here's what Lehman from Watershed had to say about this. Um, so only our team is allowed in the building. And um any customers that come up we just they stay in their cars and we go out to the cars and we help them we all have masks on every day we take our temperature daily you have to have your temperature taken before you come in uh, and that's all recorded um if we you know do a transaction we are sanitizing uh credit cards um and making sure that uh, uh those are sanitized before and uh, when we get it from the person and before we give it back to the person, uh, we bought a whole bunch of pens, uh, which seems like a little bit goofy, but um, anytime someone signs their credit card receipt, they keep the pen. How would you say morale has been with your team during this time? Morale sunk pretty quickly. Uh, it was a rough night and a rough couple of days where people were just kind of confused and, and, uh, 
stressing about you know money and what was next and what this meant and uh and i was definitely stressed and our management team was stressed about what does it mean for the business and how do we keep things going and you know who who do we have to let go and you know are we going to get paychecks and things like that and then um the ability to make hand sanitizer came up and i don't think any of us realized at the beginning that the demand was quite what it was going to be and that the need was going to be what it was going to be and so as soon as we started making it and realized hey people really need this stuff and they're pumped that we're making it and uh we we have to like really make a ton of this stuff because it because people want it and need it and so then we realized like hey we we actually could hire a couple of these people back that we had to let go now we let 34 people go it takes a lot to run a restaurant Mm-hmm. couldn't we we can't we haven't hired that many people back yet but um 10 or so we've hired back on and uh that's been a real a real positive thing for us in the morale and you ask a simple question about morale it's really picked up morale because we feel like we're doing something that helps it's pretty inspiring when everybody coming through is thanking us for what we're doing and uh, we're we're doing it in a way that's sustainable, where we can hire some of our staff back, and we're kind of looking around, going, "Okay, I think we can make this work." Uh, where a couple couple weeks ago, a couple three weeks ago, we were we were looking at each other, going, "How are we going to get through this? How are we going to make it?" Um, so it's been a real positive for us. On the same topic, Jack and Brian from Jurgens said they've been very intentional about keeping morale up. They've established the Jurgens Corona Victory Team, which meets twice a week to discuss new updates with the virus and the law. They also created special treat days where they give employees who are still working in the office things like lottery tickets, local restaurant and store gift cards, toilet paper, and more. They also have employees working from home, and they've included them on Zoom happy hours and even a poker tournament. They've also provided virtual classes on how to work from home efficiently. All three companies said it feels good to be able to contribute something to fight COVID-19. Lee, who runs the printing shop, said, uh, Well, it feels pretty great because, you know, it's this is like such a major thing that happened to us. and you know, I come from the military where I actually worked in the hospital. And so I understood the importance of having that PPE, uh, working in the multi-service unit where, you know, most of the time you were wearing it for contact patients, um, and, you know, like tuberculosis and, and those types of patients. And so I was used to wearing it, but I knew the importance of it. And then when I found out there was such a short supply of it, um, that's when I, I felt like I found something I could do to help at least make things a, a tiny bit better. You know, they're not perfect, um, but they, they do help some. And it, it also gave me an outlet to kind of keep myself busy during this time while being stuck at home. Um, because I do, I did have to leave to go do these deliveries. So it also gave me an opportunity to go outside. Jack from Jurgens said they're trying to make a difference in their employees' lives as well as their customers. 
uh, I could talk a little bit about from the personal standpoint for the company uh, because we're, we're not a huge company. We've got about 450 employees and uh, we're doing things that the major, major corporations are not doing. And so uh, our HR director, she sends out a, a, a memo every single day and we're being told that her, her memos are being shared and distributed all across the country as to what to do, how to go about it, uh, talking about how do you apply for, uh, uh, for the, some of the benefits if you, uh, uh, if you suspect that you, got, you need help because your kids are, at, are, are no longer in school. And, and uh, uh, so her memos are being shared literally all over the country, which is kind of neat that we're not only helping internally, but we're helping externally uh, on, on what we're doing. And I know that Brian, his team uh, has actually created a separate uh, targeting area just for medical devices. And uh, our manufacturing group that makes uh, fixturing and tooling uh, has, has followed Brian's lead and they're doing the same thing. We just shipped out a whole series of spring-loaded devices that are going into respirators that had to be in the respirator manufacturer uh, to be there the very next day. So it's kind of neat to be, to be feeling as though not only are we in the middle of this, but we're also helping to solve the problem. Jurgens was also able to compare their response to the pandemic to something the company experienced when they first opened in 1942. Our company had produced product in the Second World War for making the Hellcats and the Wildcat aircraft. And so uh, we were able to say, hey, we didn't physically experience it. Other members of our Jurgens team back in 1942, 43, 44, would have experienced exactly what we're going to be experiencing now. Their enemy was a foreign enemy. Our enemy is an invisible enemy. And so uh, it actually, I think, really linked people together uh, on that. And, 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 and not that we set the tone, but six weeks ago, we were talking about fighting an enemy. And today, everybody is, is now referring to that same thing. So that uh, it's kind of nice to be telling them that... Uh, uh, those experiences of our forefathers of our company are the same experiences we're getting, uh, we're going through right now, just a different kind of enemy. Thanks again to Lee Bowling, Jack Schron, Brian Schaefer, and Greg Lehman for joining us on the podcast. I appreciate them taking time out of their busy schedules during this unprecedented time to speak with me. The willingness of these businesses to help out during the crisis is inspiring. And I know there are hundreds of others in Ohio and across the country doing the same. Thank you for all you're doing to help. Don't forget to follow us on social media. If you like the podcast, spread the word on social or leave us a review. Thanks for listening.